going on? Thanks for tuning in to the E-Wang Bang podcast. This is your host, Emil Wang, and I'm here with James Liao for another Warrior Wang Bang Wednesday. How's it going, James? What's good? Well, I got some good news and I got some bad news. Good news is the Warriors sit at 44-14, and 14, which means one more loss in the, uh, in the remaining 24 games. We'll be getting our money from Vegas. So that... Um the only positive right now, and the negative so far is losing the number one seed, which I, you know, I don't think I'm too worried about, but you know, it's something to kind of keep an eye on for the remaining, like, what, 25, 30 games left? Uh, yeah, I think there are 24 games left in the regular yeah, 20, season. Yeah. But it is the first time in, I think, the past four years that you know, this late in the season, the Warriors haven't been in first place. So that uh, that really speaks to how well um, you know, Houston's, Houston's been playing. They sit a half game ahead of us at 44 and 13 and also hold the tiebreaker. So uh, it, it's almost like they're, they're almost two games, two full games ahead of us. Yeah, they're basically point. two full games uh, ahead of us right now, um, just in the loss column because we can't tie them. Like just thinking about that, how you only – that hasn't happened in the last four years, like what we've had the number one seed. It's just crazy that to think about like seven to eight years ago, um, <laughs> what this team was. It's just unbelievable. Second to last. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's just like, I feel like a scumbag for saying it, but it's just like, now it's just like number two seed. I'm like, you know, pitching and whining about, dude, we don't have the number one seed when like seven years ago we were like, yeah, we're not going to make the playoffs or like we barely make it. <laughs> or, or we're trying to get the number two pick in the uh, in the draft by, by tanking <laughs> yeah. massively, which uh, ended up working because we got Harrison Barnes out of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we are very, you know, we should always take put things into perspective and be grateful that, you know, the, fir- the first world, first league problems that uh, were only the number two seed in the NBA. And, you know, we've lost four of the last ten. But. You know, put things into perspective. It could be a lot worse. It's been a lot worse. And let's face it, it this is a very, very rare uh, occurrence that a team can be this dominant for so long. So, and you know, I think that's a good kind of lead into the recent struggles that the Warriors have had. And I know you. Um, what What are your thoughts on you know losing four of ten and just kind of being the Warriors being kind of just kind of out of sorts and not really focused in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the, the Denver loss was a um, what do they call it? A schedule trap where you know you te- you, you fly over there on a back to back, land in land in the Mile High City at four a.m. and have to acclimate to the air and try to win the you basketball just, game. You have to get rid of that. I just yeah. I don't understand how that. And like even Fitz was on the broadcast was saying that like in the last like ten years, I mean, it was something like. You know, some like 90 or like 91 win percent, like win percentage for like Pacific teams, yeah. teams on the Pacific timeline uh, or time zone flying into Denver on the back end of the back to back. Like it's, you just don't win. Like, cause you play the night before and you fly in. They do that all the time. And it's just like, 
I don't know how you win. Like, it's just so difficult. Like, Yeah, yeah, it's a challenging one. So that one I can forgive. But losses to Portland, uh, a blowout loss at home against OKC, um, yeah, a loss to Delhi Clippers. I mean, granted, Sweet Lou dropped 50 on us. But, I mean, these are games, you know, we, we've had dominant streaks over the Portland Trailblazers, you know, over the LA Clippers. These are dudes we're supposed to steamroll. And even at full health or relatively full health, we're still struggling. It's weird, and I think a lot of that is – I attribute a lot of that to just – I think just lack of effort. And uh, you can kind of tell like defensively. I mean there's certain guys that are obviously a year older, um, but the focus just isn't there. Like Draymond, I just don't think is as locked in as he has been in years past. Um, he kind of shows up for certain games here and there. Um, but for the most part, he's kind of just like – he was kind of just sleepwalking. Like against Portland – he was a lot more engaged defensively, um, and we legitimately almost won that one, you know, after being down so much. But, like, OKC game, like, all those games, I mean, he just – you can just tell, like, he's just not there. And then, you know, Clay also has been just on the eye test a little bit. Um, him not, him and Steph got destroyed against CJ and Damian Lillard. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you always have trouble with them. I mean, nobody has. Yeah. I mean, they're good, but we shouldn't be losing a game when Kevin Durant drops fifty, right? Yeah. That, that's that's what is the most startling. Thing and we let Dan go off. That's why. Yeah, he had forty four. I thought they were there. You know, those are and those are the kind of things that you know um, that you're not going to see adjustments uh, in the regular season. I don't think because. If you think about if that happens in the playoffs against Portland, like in the first round or something like that, you know that they're going to start forcing other people to beat you. Like they're going to start trapping Dame, um, and then they're going to get the ball out of his hands and because he was hot. And it was just, But for Kerr, like they just weren't even implementing any of that. They were just like, we'll just keep doing what we're doing, put clay on him, and that's it. So it was just like – it's kind of weird, Like, but I understand like they don't want to like – they don't need to do any of that stuff, so there's no reason to like force the issue. But I think I just think eventually you're gonna have to start making sure that your defense is up to snuff as you roll into the playoffs. Because you know, Curry even said he's like he's concerned that we're building bad habits. And yeah, and that's the thing, right? Because when when you start trapping people, that takes more energy. The moment you start trapping, the more other people have to rotate. Whereas if you play people straight up you know there there's some people who kind of can kind of get away with you know hiding in the corner and resting up on defense but um you're right i, I think kerr doesn't want to really show his hand this early on in the season you don't want to give teams the opportunity to prep against you for the playoffs so you kind of sag off and keep your dece- uh, your defensive schemes close to your chest actually you, you know you, you you talk about defense being a problem which i agree has been a problem but the turnovers have also been an issue, and you know, just the eye test. You know, Curry's just casually throwing the ball around. Draymond still trying his fucking ridiculous outlet passes. But one thing I'm beginning to see also is that I I think that the Warriors are getting a little bit predictable. Also, um, a lot of those passes they make in the lane, uh, whether it's from driving baseline or off the pick and roll. Teams are beginning to pick some of those passes off. I mean, maybe they're playing different players, or they're playing more players with length and speed versus, you know, your uh, just your big seven footers in the lane. But I, my question to you is, do you think the Warriors have gotten predictable, or do you think that they're just sloppy? 
Um, I think a lot of it is it is uh, really sloppy because um, I think a lot of the, the ball movement stuff, it's not – I don't know how much of it you can really kind of anticipate because a lot of it is just reading what the defense kind of gives you, right? So it's not like – so like backdoors and stuff, it's just like the defense is not set properly. Some guys overplaying, so you just do backdoor or, you know, you set, you set like, you know, flare screens uh, to get guys open and it's just like – you know, still a lot of movement of the ball, rotating and getting to the right guy, but it's not exactly something that I think teams, even if they know it's coming, it's like, you know, it's not exactly something they can sniff out a lot of times because guys like Clay, I mean, and Steph and KD, they'll just get open. And then back doors are just there because people are overplaying. Uh, and then, you know, off the pick and rolls, you also have like, you know, lobs and all this stuff. So it's like, there's a lot of still a lot of unpredictability, obviously. Um, I don't think it's too, uh, there's people that run the same offense all the time, you know, and it's, it's fine. Like you look at the Rockets too, right? Cause Rockets are, you know, you can say they're basically super predictable, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know? So it's like, I just feel like it's not like a huge concern. The biggest concern, like you said, turnovers, keeping those down, Another thing that I think we'll probably see a lot more is like in the playoffs as the game slows down, it's just more pick and roll with Steph and Katie and or whoever the weak link in the defense is, do a pick and roll with them, and then the offense won't be as smooth, but hopefully that'll get us better shots. So right, right, and that you know that was one thing that you and I were talking about earlier today is the the Steph Katie pick and roll, which is one of the the deadliest weapons in uh, in the NBA right now, but is barely run uh during the regular season which I, I guess makes sense because screening takes a toll on your body there's a reason why russell westbrook never sets any screens because it uh it puts his body at risk so i i, I think on that on that for that stance i i can kind of understand why they're not running the pick and roll so much right now uh but I, it's definitely something that we should be expecting in the playoffs uh that being said the a successful pick and roll requires either somebody who's a stellar roller to the basket or a stellar pick and pop shooter we got players right now who can't shoot right so when when we think that we have a matchup advantage against, uh, you know, a, a James Harden or a CJ McCollum, a, a guard who can't play defense, they're just going to stick that guy on Draymond Green, on Andre Iguodala, on Pat McCall, all, all those guys. So even if you do set the uh, the pick and uh, set the screen with those guys, I, I don't know how much success we're going to have now since their shooting is so terrible. Yeah, I mean, the shooting thing is just. They just have not, and it's mainly the the two culprits are really just Iggy and Pat. So they just have not been able to shoot themselves out of this like massive slump that they had for the last like forty games. Both of them start off the season okay, and then they just went downhill like immediately. Like it's it. This is going to be like this is like part of the one of one of the biggest concerns um, I think for this team in particular because Iggy used to be I mean not good but if you left him open enough times he will hit like in the low 30s and that's enough to get you somewhere you know but if you're gonna be shooting in the 20s like you know competing with Lonzo Ball to see who has the worst (laughs) that is not good like you know anything with Lonzo involved with shooting is not good yeah and both Pat and uh and Iggy are in the in the 20 percentile so yeah 20s it's so bad and then it's like you know it 
they they have 25 games to try to get into some kind of a rhythm, so hopefully they do. But um, it just the, there's no shooting in the second unit outside of Nick Young, and he's just bad on defense. He hasn't shown any improvement at all on defense um, this year, so he continues to be just ridiculously bad. Um, so it's going to be hard to play him, you know, in the playoffs because he does give you, you know, the shooting, but he doesn't give you the defense that Pat and Iggy will give you. Yeah, it's it's a tough trade-off, especially since you're trading off for somebody who's that streaky. It's not like you're trading off for, um, say, uh, you know, a Lou Williams, right, who you know you're going to get a good amount of offense from him, even though he's he's got his defensive shortcomings. It's, you know, Nick Young is a heat-check guy. And, you know, all this takes me to my next point. You know, are we disappointed that we didn't do anything at the trade deadline uh, at that time, Jordan Bell was hurt, obviously. Pat was still healthy. He's he's out for six weeks now because of his wrist. But uh, we ended up not making any trades, not getting anybody off the waiver wires. Um, so all the only option we're really left with is, is hoping that somebody gets bought out before March 1st. Yeah, or the guys start making shots. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. So it's like, you're not going to add anybody, but that's the tough part about adding guys, uh, you know, off the, off waivers and off like the buyout market is they have to want to come here. They have the choice of where they want to go. You know, ISO Jones stuff. I mean, that would have been nice to get some additional shooting. Uh, but I mean, he wanted to go to the Rockets. So it's like, not much we can really do there. Yeah. And like, I, I, and ISO Joe wasn't shooting well, man. I mean, his three point is at like exactly. 31% or something really not, not low. a good example. But, I mean, here's, you, you know, it's one of those guys where it's like he has playoff pedigree. You know, you might be able to at least camp him out and hit some, you know, set threes in, in uh, a playoff environment. He's got the stall. He's got the bone. Uh, what I can't say the right way. He's got the balls. They, I mean, well, Mar- Marco would have been the good one, right? I mean, he he's shooting 38% on threes. I, I, I am disappointed that we didn't do anything, and I, I think – um, some of our contracts have made, given us a low flexibility on the trade yeah. market. Uh, now yeah. all we can do is hope that guys are willing to sign sign with us after they get bought out. Uh, once again, to be on our playoff roster, I believe they have to be on our team by March 1st or March 8th or something. Um, so that has to happen very soon. So um, who knows? Maybe Tarek Rose will get bought out. <laughs> Why? We just talked about needing shooting what's why is there rose <laughs> even in the conversation yeah yeah uh on He's that top team and then get like um you know have to take a personal leave of absence and then we'll never see <laughs> yeah. him again yeah yeah disappear Just... randomly <laughs> uh on the topic of derrick rose getting traded uh let, let's talk some cleveland cavaliers because they have reloaded they are scary and kobe altman should be uh gm of the year i think what do you think? Whoa, whoa. I, so I thought that was a good move, but um, I think I still think Sam Presti has that locked up. I think uh, he's just done way Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, he, yeah. he got – yeah, okay, fair enough. But, Grant, uh, you know, Oladipo – it looks like that Oladipo and uh, Sabonis have come out as pretty good players. So if PG-13 leaves OKC after the season, then they – you know, Presti might have fucked up. But uh, – yeah, I guess we don't really need to go into the the, G, the success of GMs, but let, let's talk the trade. I mean, the Cavs got rid of 
Deadweight in Isaiah Thomas, Derek Rose, Iman Schumpert. Uh, Channing Frye was playing well for them, but, you know, not getting significant minutes. And then Dwayne Wade was just a shell of who he used to be, uh, getting limited minutes off the bench, scoring 13 points a game. I mean, they just dropped five guys uh, and gave up a, you know, a late first-round draft pick. You you left out Jake Crowder, too. Six guys. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jay Crowder, who was uh, who's good, um, and has been great for Utah, but uh, was a disappointment for, for for the Cavaliers in his you know 30, 40 something games uh, in Cleveland. But man, they got rid of those guys and, and reloaded with Jordan Clarkson, Rodney Hood, Larry Nance, and um, George Hill. So a legitimate starting point guard. And then two, you know, I don't want to call them heat check guys, but two very, very capable scorers off the bench with a very athletic four who plays great defense, runs fast, uh, can play above the rim. I mean, basically everything that Tristan Thompson should be, but isn't. Uh, I, I think this is a, is a very, very, uh, a, a good recipe or a good team to challenge the Warriors. Um, I, I like their scoring ability. I like their youth. I like their speed. Uh, they got length now to, to play defense. I mean, George uh, George Hill at the one, Jr. at the two, LeBron at the three. I mean, all, those three can switch onto Steph, Clay, and and to some extent KD. Though uh, that that one might be a little bit harder. Um, well, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, definitely, this is like a no brainer, like much improved roster. Just you know, four livelier bodies. I mean. Shumper wasn't even playing like Isaiah was. I mean, he couldn't even move. Oh God, he It's like, you know, like he decides to play like, you know, legit five minutes a night where he hustles. The rest of the time, he's just like walking around and no defense. Derek Rose hasn't played basketball in God knows how long. Uh, and Channing Fry. So all those guys were just like they were barely helping. And you have you bring in a bunch of guys that are legit going to help immediately that are like combined like five years younger than all those guys. <laughs> like it's that's the biggest thing because you got guys like you know I I watch Lakers you know being in LA and Clarkson I mean he's a feast or famine guy so you know there's certain games where he'll get hot but he's a great guy to have off the bench and you know in the right position I think he could be really successful when he was on the Lakers he had to run um, you know kind of lead the way in the second unit a lot of the times and I think that might be too much of a task for a guy like him but you know he can be like a spot up shooter. He's pretty good on spot ups. Um, and then, you know, if you have other guys that can play make, and then you know that's a different role that he could be put into, and that he didn't have on the Lakers because he just had to do everything on the second unit, um, which kind of hurts his efficiency. And then Nance, I'm a big fan of. Always been a big fan of Nance Jr. Um, exactly the kind of big that Cleveland he, needs. Yeah, against us. Yeah. Switch, you know, switch between two to five, uh, and you know, jump through the roof. Your so rebounding machine. Yeah, rebounding machine jumps through the roof, pick and roll, like lob thread off the pick and roll. Like, you know, everything that they need from like a, a, a big man. So it's like, dude, it, it's a great move. Hill is good. You know, Rodney Hood is, you know, another feast or famine guy. But he's like, you know, these are exactly the kind of like guys that you want on your team because you never know. Like if they catch fire for two games – that's two additional games you have a chance to win, you know, that you normally wouldn't, you know. So it's like you just got to give yourself that variance. It's the same thing that, like, the Rockets do, right? Because it's just like we're going to shoot a crap ton of threes. 
and they're just, we're just going to hope that, you know, four out of seven games, we make enough to beat you. You know, Hood led his team in scoring. Uh, Clarkson, I think, was probably one of his the team's leading scorers. I know he's the second highest uh, scoring bench, bench score. guy in the NBA. Um, and yeah, George Hill hasn't played a whole lot this season, which is which is a good thing. He's injury prone. Uh, he didn't really have to put in too much time while playing in Sacktown, so he might be fresh. He might be ready. Man, I, you know the, these guys are scary. I mean, I'm telling you, I I think if the Warriors keep on playing the way they do right now. We cannot beat this Cavs team in the NBA well, Finals. I don't know about that. I, you, we, we have no way to, to guard a pick and roll with Larry Nance in it. Uh, we don't have the, the, we don't have the energy. We don't have the focus to chase guys off the three point line. And, and, you know, one thing to keep in mind, you know, the Cavs had some really bad shooters earlier this season, right? And they were still an okay team. They were, they were good up until they started ha- needing to play Isaiah Thomas. Right, yeah. and once I, you know, I, I play better defense than Isaiah Thomas. Like, they just yeah. went, like, that guy has historically bad defensive numbers. So it makes sense that, you know, a guy who, you know, if you're playing a guy like that for 30 minutes a game or whatever, um, and he's becoming a toxic presence in the locker room, it makes sense that they would fall down from first to third. Uh, but but now they're, man, they're, you know, they're assuming that they can continue to gel. I mean, I know it's been a small two, three game sample size, but man, they have the the flexibility, they have um, the diversity to to take us down. Yeah, the uh, the the roster construct is a lot better, obviously. Um, but you know, the biggest question is still uh, there with uh, with the Cavs. They don't have another wing defender. They yeah, don't have Katie. three defenders. Yeah. And that was what Jay Crowder was supposed to do, but they traded him away. And you're just, it's going to go back to LeBron having to guard KD. And it's just like, I don't know where the other wing guy's coming from. Hood or, or Clarkson or Hill, none of those guys can guard him. Dude, the, uh, the new like, white boy. Oh, uh, it's Chetty Osmond, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Put some respect on his name, all right? Chetty Osmond. <laughs> no, but like, seriously, like, there's, that's the biggest problem. And it's like, un- and unless they fill that void, it's just like I always think we'll have a slight advantage regardless. And the other biggest – the other counterpoint to like what the Cavs current roster has is they have two guys in Clarkson and Nance who've never been in the playoffs. So there's no – we don't have any evidence of how their game is going to translate uh, when defenses start to pick up uh, and start people start figuring out like their tendencies and stuff like that because they play on such a – you know, bad Laker team for the last couple of years. So you can no, it's never been in the playoffs. They you have no idea how they're going to perform. So if they do make it to the finals, who is that going to affect? Like these young guys who have never been on that stage. Hill's been you know deep in the playoffs. Uh, Hood's never really been past the first round with Utah. You know, and then guys like Nansen, Nansen Clarkson have never even been to the playoffs. So they don't even know what that it's like. So it's hard to say, and it's like there's still certain things that are working against them. But um, they definitely improved enough where they would give us, uh, you know, give us some trouble. But you know, there's good teams in the East that they have to get through too. But they're definitely the favorite coming out. Yeah, there. yeah, they became the favorite for yeah, sure. Yeah, they can get the favorite again because they they were like going to finish third or fourth, and if they didn't make a trade, they may have just free falled all the way down to the bottom of the. Playoffs, <laughs> falling out of the playoffs and got a. They were got a high so game. bad. They were only like three games out. If yeah. They didn't trade those those guys. They would have legit had a chance 
they just lose like four or five more games. Like they yeah. would have been legit like seventh, seventh or eighth. Like yeah. <laughs> it's so bad, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean they they purged themselves of all the all the poison of uh, Isaiah Thomas and yeah they they should have stopped playing that guy like five games in after they realized what kind of a what kind of player he was and um, I mean you know heart, heart, my heart goes out to the guy because he's been through a lot but the guy has it was just a cancer for that team so just uh, just absolutely horrific and just like I get it this is your contract year you need to play you need to show people to get one more big contract, but yeah. all the stuff that you did ended up just backfiring, and now nobody's going to pay you. Oh yeah, nobody's definitely gonna... not. Poor guy played himself out of contract. If he, if he hadn't, if he had just not played this year, he might have, uh, he might have gotten a better contract than he will. Oh, now. he would have for sure if he kept his mouth shut and didn't play, or came back a little bit. Not enough, not big enough of a sample size for people to like start caring. Then it's like maybe better. I don't know, but. I really doubt he's going to get paid this summer. So, well, speaking of getting paid, one more loss and uh, and we win that Vegas bet. So, hey. Philly Eagles and uh, Warriors losses have uh, treated the uh, Warrior Wang Bang Wednesday crew well in uh, in Las Vegas. So, just the friendly wagers, nothing. <laughs> nothing we're betting our lives on. Yeah. All right, James. Well, it's been fun. Takes us to the end of this episode. Always good talking to you, man. Take care. Yeah, we'll do it again soon. It's a great time to have a ball. It's a great time.